Hello, everybody. It's another Thursday night, and we are back again. The wonderful trio. <laughs> We're back. We've got Giselle, um, Afin Stranra with us. We've got Ngum down in London, and we've got myself Hello. somewhere in the middle of the southeast of England. Um, <laughs> in the posh, posh yeah. parts. Yes, and we had a very, very interesting conversation going on a couple of weeks ago um, about the grace to live righteously in a sinful world. Um, and we took a break in between because we had to do our Women of the Bible series, which was the last Thursday of the month. But this week, we thought we'd just carry that that theme on and finish. Well, I say finish. It's never really finished. Continue the conversation. Um, because we got so into it, but we ran out of time. I think we did just when we started talking about falling in love with Jesus. Yes. And how wonderful that is. Um, just, you know, because when you fall in love with Jesus, then you can appreciate what he's done for you. And you mm-hmm. can, but... I think let's back it up a little bit and 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 sort of start by defining um what what why do you need to fall in love with Jesus like what gets you to that point where you're falling in love with Jesus because I think you know sometimes we're as Christians we can become very theological and we can become we can start speaking christianese where you know the people that are not christians listening in in can kind of think about us and go hang on a minute you're just talking gibberish how is that even possible so i think sometimes these conversations we can get in a danger of speaking amongst ourselves as christians but i really just want to open it up so that if somebody who was not a christian or who was perhaps a new christian and wondering um what it is to fall in love with Jesus you know when they hear Christians say I really love Jesus like what that means or why um I I would like that somebody who's not Christian listening in can glean something from these conversations that would help them um so I'll start with you Giselle thank you why do we need to fall in love with Jesus or what does it mean to fall in love with Jesus oh what does it mean to fall in love with Jesus well I tell you Take yourselves back to your very first love. Mm. And do you remember that lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling you had? And every time <laughs> you, your, your boyfriend was coming, you knew he was maybe coming into the street to come to the door to pick you up because you got all those butterflies in your stomach and everything. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm, and when he mm-hmm. touched you, remember sorry, you guess you got goosebumps and goosebumps? <laughs> Giselle is giving the Western version in Africa. That was illegal most of the time. Well, 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 that was, well, that was, well, that was, I remember that was my, what I felt like when I first met Jesus and fell in love with him. Oh, wow. I wanted. And, but what was that born out of? What that made you feel that? that way? The want, the desire to get to know him. Mm to know more about this man who gave his life for me. And again, going back to our, you know, our, our relationships, 
when you really did start start to date, like Sedona, when you were dating your husband, didn't mm. you? Yes. Some extra special care with your hair and put on some war paint and a wee touch of perfume behind the ear and everything and a nice wee dress and all that. Yes, of course you did. We need to and ask him to tell us his own version. All because he meant something special to you and you mm-hmm. wanted to do your best to please him. Well, that's mm-hmm. to be with Jesus too. Right. And that's, that's falling in love with him. We should mm-hmm. be going out of our way to do those mm-hmm. extra special little things that we know would please him mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. to know him more. Read his word. Read what he did for us mm-hmm. to know him more in prayer. Right. And just have and you know, and I I'm a great believer, and we'll talk about this too when uh, mm-hmm. we talk about uh, uh, being saved and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm a great believer of recommitting ourselves to Christ mm-hmm. every now and again, because mm-hmm. our partners here in the earthly realm, we tell them if not every day, maybe once a week or once a month or once a year, I don't know, but we do recommit our love to them, don't we? I love mm. you. Some people even take their marriage vows all over again. I know, well, yeah. Well, if you're doing that with your earthly partner, why not do it with your heavenly partner? Of course. And, and, Jesus, and Jesus is the bridegroom of the church. We are the church. We're the people of the church. Mm. We're the, he, he's, he's our bridegroom. So why not recommit ourselves every now and again and really fall in love with them all over again? Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. The butterflies and, and the, you know, in your belly and the tingling and your knees and, and i and i still get that feeling when mm. the holy spirit when i when i'm in praise and worship and the holy spirit's working through me that's mm. the feeling i get to this day when the holy oh, spirit's wow. working through me i just yeah. feel it and i just i feel his arms coming from behind me and just grabbing me and give pull me and give me a great big hug so oh, listen, wow. I could listen to that <laughs> yeah it's beautiful <laughs> if you haven't experienced it yet don't know what you're missing ladies and gents yes. watching a replay yeah, yeah. It, it, um, it, it is possible it yeah. sounds blissful um almost it sounds almost too good to be true but it's not too good to be true it, no, it's true, true. Um, it is true yes falling in love with jesus at what point did that happen for you and when did you realize that you needed him Oh, I because think. you know, I, I mean, I've known you for a while, and I know your idea of self-sufficiency is right up there, and your your idea of independence is right up there. But at what point did you realise your vulnerability and your need for Jesus that made you fall in love with Him? Hmm. I don't know if I even knew that I needed Jesus. If I'm honest, <laughs> I did <didn't> say. <laughs> I'll be very honest because. I wanted to believe in Jesus in the first place. You know, mm-hmm. it's very hard to want to fall in love with somebody that you don't believe in. So mm-hmm. I think the good thing, though, is I wasn't in love with Jesus, but I was a fan of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because I used to think, if this guy really existed, oh, my goodness. Because I used to think maybe Jesus is a fictional character, right? Or a bunch of people put together and uh, mm-hmm. like people are just being taken for a ride. But Wow, I mean, I like what I'm reading. I just wish this guy was real. I remember standing by a bus stop one day and I said, if this guy was real, I would follow him, you know? So mm-hmm. for me, I was already a fan of at least Jesus, the concept in my right. mind. Mm-hmm. So 
um, I think it was more of, I want to believe in you. I want to know that you are real, first of all, because mm. if you're not real, I, I really didn't want to be scammed. So I was like, I don't want to believe in somebody who's not real. So I think once I realized that, you know, this guy is real, right? And mm. it happened in the most dramatic way. Mm-hmm. But remember, literally, and, you know, if you're not a Christian, it's very hard for people to, this was a, a very spiritual experience where I literally, it was like I was feeling my, like I was, my salvation was happening to me in real time. I saw myself mm-hmm. being taken out of situations that there's just no way I could have come out of. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, my goodness, this guy must be something. Why would he even bother to do mm-hmm. this for somebody who didn't even believe in him? So I think for mm-hmm. me, it wasn't even just, it was like, oh, wow, okay, this is one, like, why are you even doing this? Two, I am, I'm just very, I love that I have this protection, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the best thing that there were two things that I felt immediately there was a peace a lot Mm. of like Mm. this kind of peace that I still can't understand and I also had um I had peace and I had hope because Mm. you know I'm the kind of person it's not that you know you can do things in your life but there are times when you can get pretty discouraged Mm -hmm. and I think at the point when I met Jesus I needed to have that hope in my life I needed that I needed something to keep me going. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's a kind of hope that doesn't, you know, you can have your optimistic hope where you you read um, you know, positive thinking and all that. Yes, you know, and the, the trouble with me is those things never used to work for me, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think the grace of God was just carrying me on. But when I met Jesus, it was this kind of very steady hope where whatever mm-hmm. you want in the world. Mm-hmm. the world is crumbling in front of you but that hope is still there so I think for me it was a, 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 it wasn't like a one thing process it was just a build up of mm-hmm. things and then eventually I thought no you know what it's nice mm-hmm. that you've seen all the sides of God but mm-hmm. isn't it time you kind of try to have a relationship because I was like the taker in this relationship I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. taking a lot and eventually I thought no if you want a relationship I was almost, God is very interesting. I was almost seeing myself being the things that I had criticized in other people. Right, okay. So it's almost like God was like, yes, you're always complaining about X, Y, and Z, what they did to you. Well, this is how you are sometimes. And the Holy Spirit will convict you. No, no um, diplomacy about it. Yeah, but very sure. Gentle. And I yeah. think at that point, I thought, oh my goodness, I've always felt sometimes like I've been very good to people and they've more or less you know, really treated me in an exploitative way, if you like. And if I carry mm-hmm. on with this kind of transactional relationship with God, <laughs> then this is exactly what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I began to think that, you know, it's time to, you know, try and do yeah. yeah, wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So, you know, what struck me there is you, you found Jesus through his grace. Because you Absolutely. saw yourself being delivered from things that you never really saw. And that's a really interesting because sometimes people people see the grace later and no, after they perfect. believe. But it's interesting that yours was, and, and God is just perfect in the way he works. I mean, you know, personally, I think, I've, you know, I was brought up in a, in a Christian home and I really, I have departed. I did depart from, from the way, but I found myself back. But... I think knowing 
I think I only started loving Jesus when I realized how terrible I am. When I realized what a ridiculous sinner I am. And I think, and I realized that by myself, I couldn't really attain salvation. Like I deserve no good thing because of the way my heart is. And, you know, the Bible's clear that the heart of man is, you know, sinful, wicked. um, Some translations say, who can know its deaths? Um, But I think until I understood that, I didn't quite grasp the price that was paid for my salvation. And it is something that can be very elusive because I think sometimes in the church they preach about um, sanctification. And sanctification is a process. Um, yes. It's a process through which the Holy Spirit helps us with. Um, but sometimes I don't quite think Christians, certainly at the point of being born again, I don't quite think they understand justification. I don't quite think we grasp the depths of our depravity. I don't quite think we grasp the depths of our wickedness. Yeah. Um, because when we do, then we know that there's no way we can stand before a holy God. But for Jesus, there's no way we can approach the throne of grace. Yeah. You know? We're invited to approach the throne of grace through Jesus because he died for us boldly. Um, But there's no way we can do that um, if we don't, you know, if we don't really understand how wicked we are. So, but Giselle, coming back to you, um, this heart, how can we understand? Because I know sometimes when people are born again, they kind of think, that's it. The story is over. You know, I've given my life to Christ. Story is over. I start again, type thing, right? Uh-huh. But really, the story is just beginning. Yes. How can we help people to, having fallen fallen in love with Jesus, how can we help them to continue loving Jesus? Well, that's simple. Surround yourself with other believers that really love Jesus. Yeah, and their love for Jesus will fall off onto you. It will rub off onto you. Mm. We're taught in the scriptures, pray without ceasing. So pray without ceasing. Mm. We, we have talked about that in our, one of our previous podcasts, where what that exactly means, where how how we can pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. and find ways to serve others. Mm. Wow, that's so true. Isn't it? Very much so. Mm-hmm. Have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of quiet time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, confess your sins. Yes. And I think with those, what was that, three or four, whatever tips, mm-hmm. that will keep the fire alive within you. And you're mm-hmm. burning. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm looking at 1 John 3, 16. Um, By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us and we mm-hmm. ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Oh, wow. Wow, that's deep. 
It is. That's right. I never really thought about that. I've got to add that to the video in the description. So <laughs> what was that? 1 John 3.16. Yes. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. This is the ESV version. That is um, just... Do you see the comparison to that with John 3.16? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. It just so happens to be John. Yeah. Okay, the big John, John and the little John. I, I call Johns one, two, and three the little Johns. So it just mm. has to be big John and wee John. Mm. Uh, 316. I, yes. I, I'd not noticed that before until now. Yeah, yeah. John 16 is for God to love the world, right? Exactly. Yes. yes. Uh -huh. mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's definitely a connection. Yeah. Big time. That's what I love about sure. the Bible, actually, how things connect. It's, it's like a, just. Perfect. But there's this idea of, you know, love and laying down yourself. But what gets me in that verse when I was looking at that verse is the sense of community. And I just want to let's just talk, spend a few minutes talking about this because I know that it's a big thing at the moment because there are a lot of people that have come out the other side of COVID and are isolated. They've not quite found the will the strength, the motivation, the get up and go, the fire. Mm. They've not quite found whatever it is, the je ne sais quoi, <laughs> to go back <laughs> into church, to go back into a church body and into a loving church body. Um, so what struck me about that verse there is the sense of community. Um, you know, Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers um, or for our brothers, not because it's convenient, but because we've been shown that example, not because, mm. you know, it's easy to stay home sometimes, to be honest, and just follow it online yeah. on YouTube, follow the Bible study online. Um, it's easier to do that. It's But there's a real encouragement there of the community and laying mm -hmm. down our lives for our brothers. Um. And if you're not in a community, you can't have a brother. You, you, you know, you can't stand hand to hand or next to somebody. And sometimes it's not just for you. Mm -hmm. It's it's for the other person because your encouragement to them will mean that one day when you're in need of encouragement, you will have brothers there who would be willing to lay down their lives for you. And mm -hmm. um, so this encouragement that we need just let's just encourage and speak to people because I know there are quite a few ladies in the group that have made that a point that they find it, it feel very isolated because since COVID they've not been able to get back into the rhythm of going to church like they did. Um, and that's been one of the downsides of COVID. The good side obviously has been that the churches have been forced to use technology and so now you can sit in your living room and follow a service <laughs> halfway across the world. But the downside of it is this sense of community that we had in our local churches or as Ngum likes to call it, our acts churches, you know, sometimes we're losing that. How can we encourage people to say, you know, it's a community thing. Yeah. Go and yeah. lay down your life for your brothers. I think the first thing is that we need to, for many people, look at what the definition of church is to you, because 
Until I met Jesus, the church was a building. It was a place where you went every Sunday, right? As a kid, you were taken there and you just did this thing routinely. So perhaps for some people, because I think you have to ask yourself, why why can't you find the motivation to go to church? You know, you might think it's COVID, but if you really sit down and have conversations with yourself, Mm. there may be more to it. It may be that because you had the chance to come away from that community, you were able to look at it with more critical eyes. And you didn't feel part of it, like the, the new you that emerged wasn't mm. quite in line with the teachings, wasn't quite in line with the culture mm. or whatever. I mean, other times you may be going through something like depression where you just mm. don't feel motivated to do things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's important to try and pinpoint why you think you're not going, especially if you are an active member. And sometimes to like your environment, as Giselle was saying, if you have a family that maybe they're not really believers, that can be demotivating, right? You don't have other fellow believers around you that you can go with. Sometimes mm-hmm. those things um, can affect you. So mm-hmm. think of why you're not going, right? Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, what does the church really mean? Because the church is people. You know, if you look at the the, the, the acts of the apostles, for example, they, weren't, they didn't have grand buildings, right? They would hold meetings in people's houses, and yeah. so on, so forth. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need to speak to God and say, I would really love this community. How do I do it? Mm-hmm. You may end up, you know, be called to do a house church. Maybe mm-hmm. you, your husband, or a, bu- a bunch of you might gather on Sundays in some upper room in a pub or whatever. Because mm-hmm. church could be anything these days. Like mm-hmm. wherever you can gather is basically a church. So mm-hmm. I think we need to move away from that idea that we must all be in some huge cathedral. Mm-hmm. It's literally finding that community mm-hmm. and finding people that you can share the genuine gospel of Christ because it's true after COVID, some of some people had real evaluations and mm-hmm. they thought, oh, sure. I was going to. You had you yeah. got the chance to watch other preachers online, read the Bible more for yourself. And mm-hmm. some people right to see that they had been taught incorrectly. And for, for sure. them opportunity to think okay if i'm going to go back to that church what is going to change if the mm-hmm. teachings don't change if the culture doesn't change what am i going mm-hmm. to do so yeah just be more open-minded about what you think a church is and mm-hmm. you also um it's not just about wishing you had a community be part of it very proactively you may be the one to start it so mm-hmm. every one of us is the church don't forget yeah. not building yeah. a person yeah, yeah. And what, and what we've got to remember as well, too, is in Hebrews 10 and 25, are we mm-hmm. not commanded, do not forsake the gathering together? This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. and that's it. And as you say, Nigam, you know, uh, when COVID and things came, and, I, and I'm and i putting my head in the block here again, I really do believe that the church has made a mistake by closing down through COVID because, mm-hmm. yes, there was a virus going about, but people's spiritual health was far, far, far more important. And mm. people that were left with churches closed, they had no place to go other than online. They mm. were left, it, it affected them mentally. It, it has mm, yeah. done a lot for an awful lot of people's mental health. So the churches should not have closed down uh, yeah. through that. And I really hope that they'll not ever close down again. I really do. Here in Scotland, the churches, uh, it, when there's another lockdown, we don't have to close down unless we want to. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. You're right. In the sense of but, yeah, something so, social uh, for when, people. 
if I can get a place to open in, I will, because, you know, I rent uh, community centres and things. If I can get mm -hmm. a place open, I will open the, the church. I'll fly open the doors for everybody just to drop mm -hmm. in for a cuppa and a chat. Because that's mm -hmm. when people really need to talk for it is when there's a crisis going on. But yeah. you know, as, you, as you said, you know, when people through lockdown and everything uh, maybe realised that uh, they were in the wrong place to start with and they're just not bothered going back again to church. Now, mm. I'm going to put that mm. in. Some people say, oh, I've been to church. I tried it. It wasn't good. It was bad. Mm. It mm. Now, how many times mm. have you gone to a restaurant and had a bad meal? Exactly right. <laughs> it, has, it has not put you off ever going out to eat again. So do not let one bad sermon, one bad preacher, or one bad experience put you off finding Wait, the right yeah. place. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. That is wonderful. Okay, right. So you've, been, you've been told it by Mama G. <laughs> exactly. If you find an alternative, no, you're right, Giselle. You, yeah. you have to find mm. and one thing that people don't do enough. I think sometimes it's also good to pray about the church because I've heard people say that they literally felt led to go to a particular church. You know, some people have probably prayed and seen a church in a dream that they've gone to or yes. sends you somebody, you know, you, you pray to God, oh, I'm looking for a church. And then your colleague is like, oh, do you want to come to my church on Sunday or mm. something? Just walking past the church and you think, oh, let me just go in there and see mm. what happens. Because mm. I know somebody like that. He literally mm. went to drop off his wife in church and then thought, oh, let me even hear what they're saying. Next thing you know, he became a member. That, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I mean... Yeah, so if we go back to just talking about falling in love with with Jesus, um, why should we? If 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 I wasn't a Christian and I was listening in on this conversation and I've heard all these wonderful things that you guys are saying and how you know you have butterflies and all these things, I'm thinking, but why? You know, um, why should I love him? Um, you know, I'm just looking at a few Bible verses and, you know, we have Deuteronomy 7, 9. It mm -hmm. says, know, therefore, that the Lord your God is good, is, is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Um, Psalm 36, 7 says, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. Um, the Psalms are full of just praises. They're wonderful. Oh, and wonderful. Psalm 86 verse 5 says, You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Um, Psalm 86 15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Psalm 136, 26 says, Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Well, I mean, well, this just tells us. Yeah. Of, a God who is abounding in love, he's slow to anger, he's wonderfully gracious, um, he gives us everything that we do not deserve. He provides for our every need. Um, and so I think sometimes for people that are not Christians look, listening in or looking in, they can find that hard to understand in a world, 
against the backdrop of the world and the culture that we live in. Give us a one example each, which we mean a couple, of how people can see God's gracious, abounding, steadfast, faithful love in their everyday lives. Just things that maybe they take for granted. Um, and I'm just going to rule out waking up in the morning, okay? Because let's just let's just assume you've woken up and your day has started. Okay, I'm going to rule that one out. <laughs> Um, but just just if you weren't a Christian and just things that they take for granted that maybe if we say now might give them cause to pause and think, hang on a minute, is there a bigger faithful God at hand here, which perhaps I need to pay more attention to? Um, she says, I can see you like rolling your eyes. But yeah, give us give us one example, each or a couple, if you can muster, of God's faithful, steadfast, abounding, gracious love that we experience as Christians and we know and we're so grateful for that perhaps our non-Christian um, brothers or sisters might want to stop and consider that, you know, what they're putting across as happenings might actually be the sovereign grace of God that that they're, in, they're enjoying. Okay, I'll start with one word, coffee. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> coffee's great. And what's most of us like without our first cup of coffee in the mornings? I tell yes. you, we're like birds with sore behind. <laughs> so you, know, God had to create coffee to uh, 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 to get us going through uh, through mm. this day. But mm -hmm. no, seriously, for the non-believer, uh, if they would just stop and look at the sky, the trees, mm. the birds, the mm. rivers, the seas, the lakes, the locks, the mm. mountains, the streams everything mm -hmm. you know, god is all around he's he's the very air we breathe mm -hmm. and you know, look at the day sky and even especially look at the night sky look at all the stars look at the moon you know, there's that song by nicole mullen i really love who taught the sun or who, who yeah who what is it who who, who 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 taught the moon where to hide till evening and who mm. taught the sun where to stand? And who taught the ocean it could go only so far? Mm. You know, all this just did not happen by chance. It didn't happen out of a big bang. Mm. This was created mm -hmm. by our Lord. And you've only got to look at the intricacies of something like a leaf. Yeah. To know that it didn't just happen by chance. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, it baffles me. The science behind nature is not a happening by chance kind of thing and I know sometimes people try to use science to to rebuff God but science actually proves the existence of God because exactly. to me the more we know about how intricately woven and connected the world and nature is yes the more I just think somebody had to have done that. Like, <laughs> like, isn't the name Yahweh written in our DNA? Oh, I was stunned to find that out. Yeah, mm. and I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. But there's a sub melanin that holds us all together, and when mm. it's put under a powerful microscope, magnified it like ten thousand times, the very center of it, it's a cross with like a figure hanging on it. Oh, I had no idea. Oh yes, and that's yes. a video. Big time. Wow. I'll find those videos and uh, uh, post them on the, the, the group. And then again, there's Lou, Lou Giglio, 
has done two video uh yeah two 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 really very good videos but mm -hmm. uh, i think the second one is called indescribable and it's the best one and it's about mm -hmm. how the size of the earth compared to the size of the moon the size of the earth is only like less than a golf ball so it's like a pea size like a pie of size of a pea and okay. the sun the sun is like the size of a soccer ball right. and apparently you can get oh was it something like 10 million earths into the surface of the sun oh, still wow. loads of place and the sun is not the biggest planet out there they're still bigger than that out there wow. and, he, and he and he does all that you know it's, he has them all sort of you know, earth is subside and going up by saturn and the moon and right up to the sun and then and then beyond when you think mm. of that and you know, god created the heavens and the earth not the heaven but the heavens and the mm. earth for wow. sure yeah. you just think how could he even and that's the thing you know sometimes i wonder and i baffle at how could he even care for me? Like, you look at how wonderful he is and how powerful he is. And then you just think, but yet you care for me. And you say, not a single hair on my head exactly. fall off without you knowing. And that is just, it's mind boggling. Like, my mind cannot comprehend the depth of that kind of love. And, and you know, like... King Charles, who he probably like, he doesn't even know each and every one of his subjects that intimately. He doesn't even know each and every one of his grandchildren that intimately. Even staff in their palace that intimately. Exactly. Yeah. This morning, this is somebody who has. This is a god who has created the heavens with an S, the planets. Yes, mm -hmm. you know the stars, the moon. Yet he has the time to listen to my very big and important problems every minute of every day. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So he yeah. loves us that much. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Dodge of foolishness, even. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, hi. Why should it be so hard for us to love him? And and you know another thing that strikes me is you know if you if you're an unbeliever listening to this is he doesn't just care about your here and your now he cares about your eternity like he cares about yeah. where you're going to end up and it's that's because he's a parent I mean yeah. any parent who's raising a child will tell you they're not raising that child for them. They're not raising that child for the here and the now. They're raising that child for the future. Any parent who's raising a child or anybody who's got any sort of parental or authoritative um, say in raising a child will always tell you, I'm trying to do the best by you. So you, when you grow up, you actually be able to stand on your own to fit. Like then any parent is not raising a child for the here and the now. We're always raising children for the after they leave us bit. Um, and God is just the same. Like he's, of course he cares about, he cares about our here and our now and our life here and earth. But really he's trying to sort out our eternity. He's trying to sort out our happily ever after for, you know, our fairy tale fans. He's trying to make sure that we get the fairy tale ending that we deserve if only we would accept him. Gum, a couple of examples from you of how a non-believer can see and appreciate God's good
goodness and graciousness and steadfast love in their life that may speak to them and call them closer to him to to want to know more about him wow you guys have given very good answers so um i think sometimes the questions that come to your mind every now and then because Mm -hmm. a lot of people you ask yourself questions why am i here that's a very good one if you've ever had that conversation with yourself like what's this life all about why am i here entertain those questions because it might take you a long road, but it's just showing you that there is something bigger than you. You know, you may. Yeah, really she's speaking to the intellectuals. She's speaking to those that want to know. <laughs> no, but this is the, there are many people who wonder, like, what am I doing on this earth, right? That's true. And What's my purpose? You may ask, like, people, friends, or if you know pastors or anybody, you get different viewpoints, read philosophy and all that. And then eventually, all those things. And the interesting thing about God is, he can even allow you to veer into wrong things just mm. so that when you finally know the right thing, you will see how wrong you were. Mm. So I think entertain those questions. Mm. And then we talked about the simple things, but for me personally, one of the things that really made me believe in God, I did not necessarily believe in Jesus at that time, but certainly I knew there was a God. I just thought of the talents that I had and I thought, why am I like this? Why can I just sit and imagine something and string together words and they sound nice? I mm. knew for a fact that that wasn't coming from me. I didn't wow. know how to do it. So I think if you are artistically minded, it's very easy mm. to believe in God because deep down you know that that stuff isn't coming from you. You will hear a lot of artists now, unfortunately, because art can be corrupted by the devil as well. But mm. if you hear an artist who is very proud, they're lying. Let me tell you that today. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that whatever it is that they are producing is given to them mm-hmm. it may be given mm-hmm. by God it may be given by the devil whichever way it's given so that alone should make you think what is this entity outside of myself that gives mm-hmm. me this gift? or mm-hmm. if you see beauty because I used to just look at things and I'm like oh man God is an artist beauty is another thing that should make you wonder who put this thing here so right. yeah yeah wow okay yeah so so nature um our nature and the nature around us so and and those deep burning questions that you have don't ignore them um because Langum says they they're questions that it's like you know think of a wall on that's just coming off the edge of a cardigan right and if you pick at it it unravels you yeah. need, and I think that's where we need to in, in some quarters of the church we need to understand that God is not anti-knowledge in fact mm-hmm. God is not afraid of anyone's intellect so if mm-hmm. you have that person who is asking the questions that you pastor mm-hmm. evangelist don't know the answer to it really is okay to acknowledge that you don't know and you can help that person and you can research together or you can refer them to somebody because I think when you try to shut people's doubts, mm-hmm. people's um, questions, doubting is also a great way to discover God, by the way. For sure, yes. Joking, read the story of St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the greatest intellectuals in Christendom. He found God through doubt. So don't, don't ever think that God is afraid of your intelligence. Trust mm. me, he gave you your brain. It cannot intimidate yeah, he's, him. Now. He's got the answers for, for you. Yeah. 
And, you know, that's a very good point that you make there because sometimes people fear, especially people try to shut down questions that they don't know the answers to. And it's an encouragement as well for for leaders and pastors. If you don't know the answer, say, I don't know the answer. Sometimes if you're finding that human beings are not giving you satisfactory answers, don't worry. Just keep going back to God and saying, look, I'm not understanding. These people are telling Mm. me. Like I, I, I was saying suddenly, nobody preached Jesus to me because no mm. human being on this earth was going to convince me about Jesus. All the answers that people were giving me made absolutely no sense. Mm. And mm. I said to Jesus, if you're real, I need you to explain this to me. Mm. I, wasn't, I wasn't joking, but I wasn't particularly serious either. Mm. And to think that a statement that I just made without any serious consideration, I actually got that explanation. Mm. So mm. if you actually went seeking more wholeheartedly than I did, yeah, what you'll says find it, him. Just me, you'll find me. So mm. that that search may be long, it may be painful, but I tell you, in the most incredible place, it may come out of the mouth of a child. Mm-hmm. You, but you'll find him. Yes, for sure. And you know, it's 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 interesting that you say that because I think sometimes you know people are scared away because they have all these questions that sometimes. The church and people in the church can't answer or or perhaps they don't have the right kind of answers to and and it's like like, like i was saying it's an it's an opportunity to invite those people along on a journey of discovery for both of us so we can go on this journey together and learn more about god together um and and another thing that you know it's just come to me whilst you're speaking Gummy, is that a lot of people um associate bad things that happen in their lives with with God and they say if God is alive why do these bad things happen and all that sort of thing but we don't have long left but I'm just going to try and encourage you and say God is good mm-hmm. like there's no badness in God like God God does God is ultimately good he's the giver of all good things mm-hmm. the world that we are in is a fallen world our nature as human beings is a fallen nature, sinful nature. Um, and God in his divine mercy gave us free will. And he gave us the ability to choose right and wrong. And some people choose wrong. Um, and that's why there's so much suffering and pain because we're, we're this side of heaven. Okay? But ultimately... God is good. And everything that he gives us, and, and and I know some people, again, sort of shun Christianity because they say it's a religion full of do's and don'ts, okay? Don't do this, don't do that, do this, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And they just see it as restrictive. But I just want to encourage you to say Christianity is, is the most liberating religion out there, yep. okay? Um. The, the restrictions are there for our good. They're there yes. to protect you. Yes. They're not there to stop you from having fun and living your best life. Yep. They're there mm-hmm. to protect you. I mean, if you think about things like don't commit adultery, it's there for yeah. your own good. You commit adultery, people suffer. Your children suffer, your spouse suffer. You suffer. You think suffer. about don't murder, don't kill. You know, Proud of adultery. Don't yeah. kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet, love your neighbor. All these things, they're, they're protection provisions. They're not there to, you know, um, hamper your life. Exactly. But when you actually get to know Jesus, it is the most liberating thing. And, and God loves you so much that 
he sent his son to die for you. And if you're, if you're not a parent, speak to a parent and ask them the sort of love that it will take for them to ask their child. They might have 10 children, but to ask one of their children, forget if they only have one, they might have 10, but if they only have one, ask them the sort, the depth of love that it will take to ask that child to die for complete strangers that they've never met, probably never will meet this side of heaven. It's, it's incomprehensible. Yet that's the depth of love that Christ has for us. Exactly. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were kicking and screaming, and he was dragging us by the, by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we just want to encourage you to fall in love with Jesus because there's so many reasons why we should. There's evidence around us about how wonderful God is. And if you really take time to understand your own sinfulness and your own need for Jesus, then you embrace the gospel in a whole new light. You embrace the depth of Jesus's love for you in a whole new light. So this should be an encouragement that before you actually get to fall in love with him, not just the head knowledge, like a heart knowledge. The head knowledge is good. Like, don't get me wrong. It's good to know your Bible. It's good to know your scripture. You should be able to quote it offhand. But I want to appeal to you to get a heart knowledge of Jesus. Oh, yes. Get a heart knowledge where you know that in and of your own, you're not fit to stand before a holy God. Like you deserve death. You deserve, I deserve death. I deserve judgment um, for every sinful thing I've thought, I've said, I've done. I deserve death because the Bible's clear the wages of sin is death. <laughs> I deserve that. But God, in His infinite love, sent Jesus to die for my place. And that is just, once you grasp that, you cannot help but be encouraged, grateful. Um, graceful <laughs> and worship him and fall in love with him every day because you just realize I like I had a one-way ticket to hell if it weren't for Jesus like I had a one-way no return <laughs> single <laughs> uh-huh. single ticket so yes I hope this has encouraged you um it's been wonderful conversation thank you ladies let's I'm aware that we obviously have to say good night um but it's been a wonderful conversation if you haven't listened to the first part it's on the podcast um righteous living um or how to live righteously in a sinful world and we just concluded it this week so um shall we pray out before we say good night our God and our King the lover of our souls our wonderful creator the God who loves us so much that he made a provision for our salvation before we even knew that we needed saving. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to know you. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you, Lord, that everywhere we turn, we are surrounded by your creation. We are surrounded by the beauty, the work of your hands. Help us, Lord, to use this as reflection points to just remind ourselves of how great you are 
um, help us, Lord, to or help the, those points in creation to point our brothers and our sisters that are not believers yet, to point them to you and to just so that they may be in awe and wonder of you and your creation. Thank you, Lord, because we know that in and of ourselves, we don't deserve to stand before your throne of grace. We don't deserve to stand before you. We don't even deserve to be in your holy presence. But through Jesus Christ, through his death on Calvary, through his blood that was shed for us, Lord, we are washed. Lord. And so we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We can approach the throne of grace boldly because of Jesus' death on the cross for us. Thank you, because we didn't do anything to deserve that, Lord. It is your grace and your mercy. And so we ask, Lord, that you would help us to continue to pray that many more may come to know of this wonderful saving grace and this mercy that we enjoy, that they may know you. Help us, Lord, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth so that heaven will be full of as many people as want to believe in you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace and your mercy that we enjoy yet do not deserve. We ask, Lord, that you would be with each and every one of us until we're back here again next week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you very much, Sidonie. Thank you, ladies. Good Thank night, everybody. Yep. Thank good you, night everybody on Facebook. Good and good night, everybody, on